was a good morning to everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show. Heard and watch exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Coles Brown. Uh, joined in, in this first hour by, let's see, we'll introduce him as Santoria Black, of course, but of the uh, Grambling State Radio Network and also ESPN. And, and let me just say this, uh, Santoria, got a chance for the last couple of years to see you on the television broadcast. Uh, great, great job and, and just so proud of you. And then also on, on, on radio uh, with uh, your lovely wife um, doing some great thing, things as well. So, uh, hey, keep keep grinding, brother. But uh, good morning to you. How, how you been? Well, good morning. I, I, first of all, I, I really appreciate being on your show and thank you for the opportunity. Uh, you know, it has truly been a blessing these last couple of years doing what, what I do, doing what I love to do and uh, promoting the swag and, uh, you know, sharing some some knowledge and history with people that, uh, you know, about the conference and, and doing all the gospel stuff with my wife. It truly has been a blessing. Yeah, but uh, a fantastic job. Great. Um, uh, really proud of you. As I said earlier, keep keep grinding, doing something that that you love. But uh, appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, some things to talk about, uh, Santori. I guess it's never a dull moment when you're um, discussing sports and specifically in the Southwestern Athletic uh, Conference. So uh, we'll start here. Last week, uh, Southern University in Grambling State in the uh, 49th annual Bayou Classic, Southern University uh, defeats Grambling State 34 to 17. With that win, Southern uh, clinched a spot in the Southwest Athletic Conference Football Championship against Jackson State, 7 and 4 overall, 5 and 3 in in the conference. And um, I, I, I'll come with my comment. It, uh, it, it wasn't an easy game for Southern University. And when you're in a rivalry game, uh, throw records out. So uh, Southern w- was able to uh, come out with the victory. Kind of, kind of your thoughts on, 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 on the Bayou Classic last Saturday? Well, first of all, it was, I think it was great to see that many people in the city, in the dome, not just in the city. Uh, there was a sellout for the Battle of the Bands on Friday night, which was incredible. The energy in there, I think, really set the tone. Uh, and then you start looking at the game on Saturday, over 60, I think 63, 65,000 fans in the Superdome on Saturday, which I think was a fantastic showing. I mean, they were selling out terrorist tickets. So I think that that was, you know, it was really, really great to see, you know, everybody coming out and supporting. Um, you know, when you look at the game on the field, I think this was a game that turned around because of two major turnovers. You know, you look at the mm-hmm. uh, fumble return. I think you look at the fumble. You look at the interception return for a touchdown. Those two turnovers there leading to scores, 14 points there. And, you know, that's pretty much the ball game when you start looking at it. Um, I think Grambling did have a couple opportunities. There was a missed field goal. Uh, there were some opportunities driving uh, that they stalled out, couldn't get off the field or couldn't stay on the field on third down. Uh, you know, but, you know, you got to credit Southern's defense as well stepping up to the challenge because there were a lot of times that they got tested, especially when Morris Washington was in the ball game. They had problems stopping the running game early on. Uh, uh, when you look at Floyd Chalk, the way he ran the football, again, Washington before he went out of the game hurt. I think that hurt Grambling a little bit as well. Uh, but, you know, you got to credit Southern the way that they adjusted uh, because before I would say, you know, I would say right at the end of that first half, 
you know, that game was extremely close. And, you know, Grambling still had some opportunities, but, uh, you know, Southern was able to put together a couple of sustaining drives and take advantage of some great special teams plays. Yeah, you're absolutely right because 14 points, a pick six, but before then, um, the the fumble, the scoop, and score, then 14, you're looking at 20 to 17 missed opportunities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you come into big games, and, and, and of course, Southern was favorite, but you throw that out. And uh, Coach Dooley talked about it, and I happen to agree with Coach Dooley. Um, Southern came out flat, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and for some and for some reason, you you wouldn't expect that. But then you got to give some credit to Graham and State. And I thought both teams offensively, uh, you know, for us, the quarterback play, of course, one being what uh, a freshman, one uh, McCray being in his first full season of being a starter. Uh, offensively, they had they had some struggles, but uh, I thought both defenses uh, played the better of the two. But it, of course, it is a team game and a team sport. But uh, for the for the Jaguars now, they're looking at uh, a game today at 3 p.m. for the Swag Championship against Jackson State, and we'll get a little bit in, into that. Um, they've got to perform better. You know, across oh, yeah. the board, and of course, the last time they lost thirty-five to zero, I even in that game, uh, Santoria, I thought uh, Southern University's defense played uh, much better than the score indicated. But it was offensively uh, they they had their issues, even last week, uh, offensively having some issues. But for um, uh, Grambling State now, it's a time uh, Coach Hugh Jackson will be going into year two. Um, how does he feel about the program where it's at making that transition to, to year two? Well, I had a chance to talk to him a little bit um, this past week. And, you know, basically Coach Jackson is uh, basically saying, you know, we've got to get better and we have to make certain that as we're getting better, we're identifying areas that we need to improve in. Of course, you need to get everybody healthy. Maurice Washington is a big piece of that. Uh, we saw this week C.J. Russell enter the transfer portal. Uh, he was he's the running back from Arcadia, Louisiana, and you're going to have that. You know, as good as the transfer portal is, it can also hurt mm -hmm. you as well because just as yeah. you can go get players who decide that they want to leave, you have other players who will decide to leave. So I think that that's going to be a part of this puzzle in looking at what players, what other players may decide to leave. Uh, we know that Josh Reed has declared for the NFL, so he'll be uh, he'll be coming out, and, and uh, that's a big void defensively that they'll have to uh, look at. Uh, but I think that the major piece is you've really got a great young offensive line. If you look at the way that that offensive line has grown, especially when they had to fight off a lot of injuries, I think that that is a very promising part of that offense. I think that, you know, you start looking at the running back room is probably one of the most talented and deepest rooms uh, on that offense and on the team, I would say. So now you get into the wide receivers. I think that that's where, you, that's where Coach Jackson is really going to make sure he's working with guys because he talks about, the wide receivers running crisp routes, making sure that they're bringing the ball in. He's going to work with the quarterbacks, uh, you know, the development of Calvez and looking at, uh, you know, how he's developing and what he's going to be doing uh, coming up next year. So there's a lot of things offensively that I know he'll look at. You'll have to replace a tremendous kicker uh, when you're looking at um, when you're looking at special teams. So there's some there's some things that he's going to start looking at and recruiting. And they know that if they're going to get better, they've got to recruit and recruit well. And they've been doing that. We're going we're gonna to get back to that transfer reporter because I think uh, every team in the conference 
Um, they're going to take advantage of it, but they've also uh, lost some players already. And you, and you kind of mm-hmm. can, you know, see some of them are going to be major impact players, but they're going to be looking mm-hmm. for a new home. But but back to the Bayou Classic. Um, I don't know how many people knew this, but uh, Grambling State University in total yards uh, outgained Southern University. And to your That's point, right. you were talking about earlier, total offensive yards, 353 for Graham State University, 234 for Southern University. On the ground, Graham State, 201 yards rushing. Um, I was kind of surprised by that, uh, almost to the point of being shocked, Sanatorio. But, but because of how Southern's defense has played all year, credit to Graham State University. Southern, 150 uh, nine yards passing, Grandma State 152, Southern University 75. Senatorial, let me just ask you uh, uh, this well, when he comes back in. Um, about Southern and, and, and the quarterback play of uh, Bashan McCray, um, you kind of look at a lot of the Southern fans and uh, they, they're just not happy with the situation as far as the passing game being consistent. And I'll, I'll have some more numbers for you as far as what Southern University is doing offensively. And, and one of the things could also be noted that in, in the red zone, um, Southern University has struggled as of late, at least probably the last three or four uh, of ball games, Southern University offensively. Uh, in the red zone, and they are definitely going to have to do better across the board going into today's ball game against uh, Jackson State. Some other uh, important statistical notes, uh, time of possession, Bramlin State University held advantage there, 34 uh, minutes and 20 seconds to 25 and 40 seconds for Southern University, third downs conversions, uh, Grandma State was 4 of 13, 7 of 16 for Southern University. So when we kind of look at the statistical uh, point, of view from, point of view from the team statistic, Grandma State won out. But Sean McCray, 7 of 17 for 75 yards. He did, however, had 93 yards rushing uh, for Southern University. And um, Robbins Boplane punting. Eight punts for 317 yards, 39.6 yards average. So quite simply for Southern University, offensively, they've got to get it going, and they've got to get it going ASAP. I'm going to take a timeout. We're going to make some quick adjustments. When I come back, it'll be more of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride Enjoy Children's Boutique 
helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. This week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network, joined by Santoria Black and now joined by Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network, Santoria Black of the Grambling State Radio Network, and ESPN. Charles, good morning to you. Um, <coughs> me and Santoria, we're talking about the Bayou Classic. Last week, uh, a victory by uh, Southern University, 34 to 17, and kind of gave out the statistical story. Grambling State uh, University outgained Southern University. Grambling State University put forth a uh, hell of an effort. If it wasn't for basically two uh, defensive turnovers or uh, defensive touchdowns for Southern University, the game is is much closer. But um, jump right in. Your thoughts on the Bayou Classic? Uh, Southern's victory last week against uh, your alma mater, Grambling State University. Um, I'll start if I can. Um, I'm not totally surprised. You know, I had Southern winning the football game. I thought Southern was the better team. Um, And as you mentioned, if it wasn't for those two turnovers by Calvez, uh, it would have been a a much closer game. And I was just wondering, as far as the quarterback position is concerned, would that be a hindrance for Grambling? And it clearly was. Those those turnovers were really were really painful, and Grambling couldn't overcome those things. Uh, I thought Grambling, in my opinion, kind of got away from running the football in the second half. I mean, they were able to run the football successfully in the first half, and we've seen this all year. I don't know why teams just don't stick with the run, even when it's not productive, unless you're behind by four touchdowns or something along those lines. you got to keep ground and pound, and Grambling was able to do that in the first half got away from it in the second half, put the game in the hands of Calvez, and you saw what happened. Southern's defense, they can do that. They can create turnovers. They're going to have to do that today if they're going to beat Jackson State, amongst other things. Uh, but I, I, I'm not surprised. Um, and that's happened to Grambling all year. I mean, in the second half of games, they just have been able to get it done. The Prairie View game and other games that I've seen, Grambling just can't finish the deal. So I'm not surprised. Congratulations, uh, Southern University, and winning the Bayou Classic. 
Well, I'm gonna be honest with you, Santori and Charles. Um, it was a win you're happy for, but um, I, I I don't know. I just felt some type of way about that game because I I, I kind of look at the things that need to be improved, and, and, and Southern offensively has struggled uh, as of as of late, and and I was totally surprised that Ram State was able to run the football as well as they did, based on what I've seen all season. Uh, Southern University, if you look at the statistics, defensively number two, uh, very good number two against the run. So that's why I say you throw out stats, you throw out records, and Grandma State came and, and, and played to the best of their abilities. Sure, they made some mistakes, but I thought both teams did did as well. But Sanatorio, Sanatorio, did you uh, believe coming into the ball game that Grandma State was going to be able to uh, be that effective running the football against Southern University? Well, if you look at the numbers, the numbers would say it was going to be a problem. But I also knew that mm-hmm. you had some very healthy offensive linemen coming back. And that's mm-hmm. been one of the things that Grambling has had to fight with is a couple of injuries on the offensive line. Uh, when those guys were able to come back about three weeks ago, I would say, I, I knew that it could be a little bit of a difference. Uh, this is a very young, strong, and aggressive offensive line. And I think that, you know, when you start looking at this, Grambling really has had a very good, you know, good fortune running the football. Here's where it kind of went south a little bit when you start looking at it. And Charles had a great point. Maurice Washington in that football game, when he had the football, was very effective. They had problems bringing him down. The offensive line did a great job stepping down into their blocks and opening up holes. And we all know how effective Maurice Washington has been. Floyd Chalk, although a very good runner, did a great job on Saturday. He's a little bit different from Maurice Washington in the power game and the way that Washington is stacked to the ground. And that's one of the differences that you saw during the course of the season when Washington got hurt. The combination of Chalk and Washington, I think, is just phenomenal. When you have a Washington in the game and a Floyd Chalk, you don't know what you're going to get. And so now all of a sudden you have to be able to defend both of those. And you got Maurice Washington, who not only runs the ball and Floyd Chalk, but both of them can catch the ball out of the backfield. Now all of a sudden... Washington's out the ball game. You can kind of really hone in on chalk now. It becomes a different, a good different contest. But I think, as Charles said, they were effective in running the football. Um, when you start looking at how things progressed during the course of the game, once Washington got hurt, that's when things started taking a little bit of a turn. And I think Calvez, you know, he started doing some things that looked like a freshman. He ate the ball on some occasions where he should have thrown it away. Uh, ran around in the backfield where the pocket was collapsing, uh, not being able to just look off some of the receivers. You know, the, the pick six that he threw, you know, that was just one of the things that he got to look that receiver off. And so I think those are the things that you just look at and just say, you know, these are the mistakes that you've seen during the course of the of the year as well. You know, and when you start having to put the game in the hands of Calvez, it's a little, it's a little bit more difficult because he's a freshman and he's made some freshman decisions. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm still surprised, though. Uh, I mean, of course, you've seen Graham State much more uh, than I have. I, uh, to me, it was more of a disappointment that Southern, yeah, I mean, coming into the game plan, you know, stop the run. And to your point, you force a young quarterback to beat you. And vice versa, I think you, Graham State's defense, you do the same thing. You live with Bashawn McCray beating you with his arm. And, of course, he's been up and down as far as that. But Grandma State, 
uh, drops a 34 to 17 decision to uh, Southern University. Now, if I can, let's let's kind of go to some news and notes. And one being at Bethune Cookman, they decided to go in another direction. I think me and Charles talked about it, expressed our uh, comments. Uh, I think last week, but Bethune Cookman. They decided to go in a, a different direction. Coach Sims, I reached out to him and, and told him, you know, keep his head up, keep grinding. Um, but hey, Bethune Cookman decides to go in a different direction. So how, how do you guys feel about that? Is it just the climate that we're in? He had a nice tenure there, success against FAMU in, in the Florida Classic. But as of late, when they came into the conference, they kind of struggle, and I know all of the other things that they had to deal with, but I think it's just the nature of the beast now. It's a lot of pressure to win, and you have to do it quickly. Yeah, for me, uh, I'll jump in here. I, I just think this is just the, the business aspect of this decision. Um, you know, you, you got Reggie Theus, who's a basketball guy, who's the athletic director there. Um, haven't been able to beat Florida A&M. Uh, at least the last couple of years, new to the SWAC, albeit, you know, this year they had to deal with a couple of different, you know, situations being displaced twice. I thought that might buy them one more year, uh, but obviously it, it, that didn't happen. Um, clearly you look at the whole body of work, you look at this year, you look at some games they let slip away. Um, clearly I think that was kind of the deciding factor. The other outside stuff off the field, to me personally, I think it makes – a difference, but I'm not the athletic director. I'm not the president, but clearly administration saw that a change needed to be made. New to the SWAC, you want to be in that conversation. And Bethune-Cookman has not been. You know, they started winless last season and they beat Alcorn for their first win. And then this year was a struggle, played better at the end, but it wasn't enough. Those other factors kick in, business kicks in, alumni kicks in, boosters kick in and it was time for a change. And that's exactly what happened. It's just the nasty, ugly part of this business that we all are a part of. You know, I like Coach Sims. I think he'll land on his feet somewhere. I think he's a really good guy, a really good coach. But I just think he just didn't win enough, didn't do enough on on the field especially. I think off the field, I, I believe he was fine. But you got to win. It's a, it's a results-oriented business, and the results just weren't there. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, I think that Charles hit the nail on the head. This is the nasty part of the business. Uh, I think he had a lot of um, the intangibles. Uh, I think that's what they used to say on the NFL today is the intangibles of what he had to deal with, I think, were, were, were extreme. You know, when you get displaced, you have to figure out where your guys are going to go to practice, where you're going to stay at. You know, you, your, your routine is completely uh, in, in disarray because of things that have happened on your campus. Um, it does take a toll on you, but I think this is a this is a production oriented type of business when you're talking about coaching. And you know the other the other question is also is I think you got to understand a little bit how Reggie Theus is as an AD as well. He is going to demand a lot of his coaches, and you know I'm never a fan of a head coach being an AD at a Division One school. I think that mm. really it, you know be, I, I never have been a fan of that. When Barry Alvarez was a fan at Wisconsin. I, when I was, was uh, the AD there and coach, I've never been a fan of that. But I think that you still have to understand how your AD's mind works and what they're going to expect 
And, you know, Bethune-Cookman has to be involved in this conversation. And, you know, and this is their second year in the SWAC, and they really haven't been relevant like that. So I think that's also when you start thinking about when you talk to Reggie Theus and what he's going to expect of the athletic program, he wants them to be in the relevant conversation in every single sport possible. And, you know, Coach Sims, he did some great things there. I think he had a great tenure. But, you know, again, they're expecting wins. And when you can't be relevant in that side of the division, and it's already going to be, it was already difficult enough with Jackson, it's going to be tough. And you, and you know, it's interesting that that same look as far as to your point, being an AD and um, a coach, we, we've seen it in the conference before, even on an interim basis, uh, somewhat. Uh, I, I think Coach Banks, Coach Peel at Southern University. But I, I wonder if the eyes will be looking at the basketball program, although we're talking about football right now. Uh, being relevant, Bethune-Cookman's basketball program didn't do well on the men's side. And, um, yeah, I, I think uh, uh, AD now, he doesn't necessarily have to be a former athlete, but to me, Santoria, in this day and age, it that AD has to have that, that business background, the economics background. That's just, just my opinion. Now, on the flip side, Coach Sanders, you've seen the reports. University of South Florida, Colorado. Now, even as of last night, more people from ESPN are reporting that it's just a formality. He's going to be heading there. He's going to be involved in – he's going to have a lot of control. And so now – Based on social media, a lot of people are, are, are really jumping off the edge of the cliff. Here's my point. Coach Sanders, in my opinion, this was always a goal of his to coach on the FBS level. If Monday comes and that announcement comes, I'm not surprised at all. Some people felt, well, oh, why leave? God led you to uh, HBCU. To help elevate it, Coach Sanders, I, I'm on this side for this time. For once, he never led anybody to think otherwise. And I wish him the best. If Monday we have an announcement that he's going to one of the two schools I mentioned, he would have left the program in a much better state than he found it. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah, he's arrogant, but he was that way when he played football. He is who he is. And for those who will now come down on him being so disappointed because he's leaving and he promised to uplift the HBCUs, we have had a history. The league will survive. Going forward, it survived in the past, and you have great leadership in Dr. McClellan. The conference would be all right. And I believe Jackson State would be all right as well. But that's just my take, Santorio, and then Charles. Well, I have a I have a kind of a two-sided opinion about this. The mm-hmm. first thing is, is that in the two and a half years that Coach Prime has been in this conference, we've seen the SWAC on multiple levels get more exposure 
than it has in 30 years. Just think about that. Yes, you will have, you, you, you've had great coaches, you've had great administrators, you've had people who have done amazing things, but I want you to think about this. We've seen more television, we've seen stands filled up more, we've seen more recruits come, and it's not necessarily, you know, sometimes, you know, people have to think about this. You know, you have the business that's in the community that hires everybody but then you have businesses that open because of that business. That's exactly what's happened in the SWAC. You've had other teams that have been able to benefit off the fact that Coach Prime was in this conference. And some players, and I've talked to a few of them, they came to this conference because they knew they are going to be on TV more because of what Coach Prime brought to the table as well. So I think that people really need to think about the value that he has had in the two and a half years to Jackson State. It gave a great shot in the arm to a program that was really struggling. And so I think now is the point where you say, okay, here's the reality. Nobody thought, I mean, Charles, I don't know about you. Nobody thought he was going to be here five years or more. No, I, nobody really thought that. And people who thought uh, that, I think, were really guys. being disillusional about well, the reality some... behind what he really wanted. Sanatorio, excuse me, but they, you, they do have some delusional fans. And I think it's more emotional. Other point, he wouldn't. How did you think he was going to stay forever? When I say ever, stay for five, six, seven years. I, but yeah, it just I, I wasn't going to happen. That. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it, it just was Continue. not going to happen. Yeah, I, well, you know, look, I think that the whole thing was people had to take advantage of, of riding the wave because you didn't know how long it was going to last, a year, two years. I thought three years was going to be the max. I think three full seasons was about going to be the max of where things were going to happen before he was going to get a great opportunity. And look, look at how many schools that he's probably already talked to in the last two years that he has turned down. When you can turn a program around like this and, and follow this now, he's taking recruits away from the Power Five at an alarming rate and huge, you know, huge recruits. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of schools that's like, I want to take him just so he doesn't hurt our school. You know, I want him to be on our team to do what he's doing over there. So I think that he's, you know, look, he's been good for business for Jackson State. They've had a lot of great crowds. You know, they, uh, you've seen a lot of great crowds. Alabama State sold out homecoming. So I think there's a lot of great things that you can say about what he's been able to do for this conference. But, you know, look, nobody was fooled in thinking that he was going to stay here five or more years. Yeah. For, for me, Carlos, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised in the least, not at all. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're winning and you're winning at the level that he's won in a short period of time because of his contacts and connections that we don't know anything about, or most of us, it was just a matter of time. Now, did I expect it to be two years? No. I, I thought maybe three to four. That was kind of my time frame. Three to four with the, the caveat being that he would elevate the program. Now, if the program was a little bit better, but not at the championship level, then I don't think so. But because he's raised mm -hmm. this program to where it is, winning two two division titles in two years, having a chance to win the SWAC championship in the first two years, having an opportunity perhaps to win the Celebration Bowl, uh, I think that that elevates things. Um, I, I never thought he was going to stick around, you know, for five or six years. And look, you talk about delusional. 
I think we all are delusional. I mean, let's just be honest. We are all in our own way in fandom. We are all delusional. Not, with it, with it. not me, Charles. Yes. Uh, 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 no, okay. no, not me. No, no, not me. <laughs> okay. I, I, okay. I, 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 I'm not I, I delusional, but I understand what you're saying. There's a little bit of delusion, delusionness, if that's a word, in, in all of us. We all are fans, and we all want mm. the very best, even if it's sometimes a little bit unrealistic. I want the best for all corn, but sometimes, and I've been told I'm a little bit unrealistic and delusional. So I think in a way we're all, even in a small sense, we're all delusional when it comes to fandom. And look, I I think the timing of it stinks. I think the timing of it stinks because you have a championship game that you're playing. You know, one of the keys, you know, I don't know if we'll get into the keys to this game, but all of it begins with D and one of them is distractions. How much mm-hmm. of it? How much of this is going to be distractions? And even in my state where I live, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, you know, his name came up for the Auburn job. In the last month, it was red hot, and Ole Miss was ranked in the top ten. They were ranked number nine, I think, as the highest that they were, that that they were. And then Lane Kiffin's name got red hot for the Auburn job. As it turns out, he didn't get it. As it turns out, there probably was no interest from based on my Ole Miss contacts. That that never was going to happen. But nonetheless, that was a distraction. And it was a distraction mm-hmm. at a bad time. They had a bad loss to to Alabama, a bad loss to Arkansas, and a bad loss to the Egg Bowl. That's a distraction. I think it's going to be a distraction today. As a matter of fact, I think my prediction of the game today has changed in the last 12 hours based on the news that's come down in the last 12 hours. Because I do mm. think Southern's going to win. I do think Southern's going to win this game. I, I would have said 24 hours ago, a Jackson State close win. But I don't know. It's just too much swirling around. I mean, you can't tell me that those players on that JSU sideline are somewhat distracted. Coach Sanders can say whatever you want. The players can say whatever they want. It's just too much, too much hovering over that program, especially in the last 12 to 24 hours. You can block it out all you want. You can try. We've seen it. Most of the time, it doesn't work. And I think just because of the magnitude of this, I think it's going to play a factor. If the game is close in the fourth quarter, I think Southern's going to win the game. I would have said a Jackson close win 24 hours ago. Now I do think that Southern will win this game. I think their defense will stand up. I think the distractions will be there. And if if Eric Dooley can call a smart game offensively, a smart game, I think Southern will have a chance to win this game today. And that's that's kind of my my, my pick as of right now. It, it, it wasn't that way 24 hours ago, but with everything swirling around, that's going to be a factor in my mind. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of tension at Memorial Stadium as far as the Jackson State fans are concerned. Some of them are going are to thank Coach Sanders for what he's done, but there's a lot of angry people just based mm-hmm. on what has happened. There's a lot of angry people, and on social media it's being displayed. Now, folks outside of Jackson, Alkanites, Jacksonian, uh, Alkanites, Southern Knights are probably happy at all this chaos. They're happy at all this chaos, but trust me, inside of that program right now, there's some angry fans considering how this is coming down. But but nonetheless, I'm not surprised. Um, I'm surprised it's happened in two years. But it just shows you if you excel at a high level in two years and if you're high profile, you can get that. I mean, just just think about this, Carlos, from a personal perspective. Coach Sanders was making, what, 350 plus a percentage of ticket sales. Let's say a half million, a half million dollars. You see the salary projections that he's going to get either at USF or Colorado. Wouldn't you take a job that's making 10 times, 12 times more than what you make right now if you were offered that? Wouldn't you take a job if you're no, a head coach and no which, doubt, you're going to take care no of your assistants? No doubt about it. No doubt no about doubt, it. And, no doubt about it. 
That is correct. So, and then the other thing too, I think the selling point, regardless of where he goes, you know, you hear Colorado more so of South Florida from what I was told. And I think this may be out there already. Colorado's ponying up more for his assistance than maybe USF is. And that's why it's probably more of a lean towards Colorado, but you know, things could change. We haven't had heard an official announcement either way. So there's a lot in the bag here, Carlos. I'm not surprised. I'm surprised that it's happening right now. I was expecting it maybe to happen after next year or the next couple of years. He wins a celebration bowl because he's done about all he can do. That's the other thing. What more can he do? He's won a SWAC championship. He's won two division titles. If they win the celebration bowl, he's done about all that he can do. So what else is left? No. He's done it all. In a short period of time. Yeah. And and two, I could take the other angle. I'm sure the players already know. They know more so than the media does. Could they come out and say, hey, we're going to box out all of that. We want to win one for Coach Sanders going out. See, it's an emotional thing. I, I, I know you can't totally dismiss it but you got to block it out because it's going to come down to execution on that field and the game plan. And as, as a fan of Southern university and as alum, it's more of, I'm more concerned about what Southern needs to do their game plan. I think you mentioned about coach Dooley. They can't be focused on that. I, I wish that all of this wasn't going on right now because it has it, played between the lines. But not to dismiss your point, I'm sure some of Jackson State players, and um, you know, they're they're going to be sad or what what have you, as far as them, uh, whatever's going to happen with Coach Sanders. But the fans are there for emotional support, you know. And um, again, Coach Sanders, hey, he's going to lead the program in a better position than he found it. But it's going to be interesting to see how that plays. Charles, next week when we come back, we'll see. If, if Jackson State loses the ball game, you're basically saying it's going to be because of all of the things that are going, going around. But I'm hoping it's more so that Southern game plan was outstanding and they executed that game plan and they won it in between the lines. Well, let me, let me ask this question. Who, which team is under the most pressure right now? Here it is three hours and 19 minutes until kickoff. Southern was expected to win the Western division. They were picked to win the West. They did that. But Jackson State was picked to win the East and win the SWAC. And now you got this going on. What what team is under the most pressure? I think, in my opinion, in my mind, Southern's playing with house money right now. Mm-hmm. Playing with house Absolutely. money, you can, you can rock, you so, can rock so, and so roll, baby. You, so wait a minute, yeah. Jackson State. So... Jackson State still would have been under pressure, even if Coach Sanders wasn't wasn't leaving. Oh right? no, this he is said a different they want to dominate. Though, this is a whole different it's, kind it, of pressure. Explain, explain, so, explain to me. Okay, so here's the thing. Obviously, when you start taking a look at what Jackson State was expected to do coming in, they were expected to win the championship. So mm-hmm. there was always going to, there was always going to be the pressure of winning that. Now you have the pressure of trying to win a championship under a cloud of I'm getting ready to leave. And so now all of a sudden 
this Jackson State program has an entirely different distraction. And, you know, look, we cannot sit here and act like that there hasn't been a lot of negative talk about Coach Prime coming from Jackson State fans because there's a lot of Jackson State fans who feel like, oh, man, you said you were going to be here. You said you were going to see this through. I mean, and, you know, look, and look, I, let's just be honest about something. It's the truth. So I think there's a lot of different distractions now. I disagree with – I mean, I, I guess – I can't believe that they just thought he was going to be there for a long period of time. You enjoy the ride. Once again, day one, when he accepted the job at Jackson State, I knew he wasn't going to be there for forever. I'll just use that cliche. And then, two, he couldn't have gone anywhere else first without having head coaching experience. But I guess I'm just, you know, I guess I'm not shocked, but I, I'm trying to understand why would Jackson State fans be angry at Coach Sanders? He came there the way and that did what he said was to do. He could have left next year. It was still going to be some fans are still going to be upset. Get over it. Yeah. Get over I, it. Timing, timing ahead, is everything in coaching. I'm, I'm sorry, Carlos, but timing is everything in coaching. You know, when Jay Hobson left us, he left us right after we played Southern University in basketball. I was on my way home, and I got a call that said that Jay Hobson was gone. This was during basketball season. This was a couple of months after football season ended. So I think, you know, there were some people that were disappointed that he left and the timing of that as well. But when you're, when you're leaving at this point, and you still have potentially two more games to go, and the cloud of this is hanging over this program. Yes, you can try to block it out. You can try to limit the distractions, but we're all human. It's just not, it's, there's too much media that's on this. It's not possible. It's just not. I mean, if Jackson State can pull this off, it will be wonderful. But I just think with all the cloud that's circling the program, not in, in a negative sense, just in terms of just let's just put this on the side for another 24 hours. Okay, they win this game, then they go to celebration, or they lose this game. Then you can deal with it like that. But for it to happen right now, for all this news to break within the last 12 to 24 hours, and it's been percolating beneath the surface over the last few days, but now it's come to the surface over the last 24 hours, that is a distraction. So, yes, I don't think anyone expected them to be there 10 years but I think a lot of people are upset, probably more so of the timing of this right now. You're playing for a championship against your number two rival, Southern University. It's going to be 60,000 people there and all that other stuff. I think that's what's got Jacksonians in a tizzy right now, more so than anything. If three days from now, if he goes to Colorado or South Florida or wherever, I think people will kind of stomach it a little bit, you know, whether the season ends or they get ready for celebration. You can kind of take that in. And, and let it simmer a little bit. But right now, playing with a big game coming up, you're within a day of that. I just think that, I think the timing, you know, timing is everything. You hear that phrase? Yeah. I think timing is a big part of what's going on right now. And you know what? Something so, else I wanted to bring up to you. That There's another point to that. Let's say Jackson State wins this football game. Does he stick around for the celebration bowl? Because now you're talking about another national television appearance. You're talking about another million-dollar guaranteed payday, the only true bowl in FCS. Mm -hmm. You're talking about a national championship then on the line. So now if he decides to leave after this game, 
whoever's left now is going to be saying, okay, now we got to get ready for a national championship game without the head coach. Now, if he decides to stay through that, it would be great. Uh Finish that off. You know what I'm saying? It would be fantastic. But I think we got to be honest about something and understanding the the decision now. And, you know, I think there was a video that was put out by, I think the guy named his Uncle Nick. It was on HBCU game day. And he spoke a lot about, you know, it wasn't necessarily the school and the administration uh, that they were looking at, but it was the city and business leaders and things like that that had not really stepped up to the table to take care of some of the assistants and what have you. That was a that was an interview that was done on HBCU game day with a guy who sits right there with, you know, Coach Prime every uh-huh. single step of the way. So I think that we really got to be honest about what this really means. If this if this whole thing with Colorado is not on the table until a week from now, and they're getting ready for the Celebration Bowl and National Championship, I think Jackson fans might be mad, but they're not, you know, you know. But at the same time, they're like, okay, we just want another SWAT championship. But on the heels of winning a conference championship, and you had a little bit of publicity about, well, you know, this wasn't taken care of, and business leaders, you know, now all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. This, you know, that's what really starts to get Jackson folks a little bit more upset. But, you know, look, again, you got to ride the wave while it's there. I think that, you know, the two and a half years that he's been in at Jackson State, it's been great. A lot of people have taken a lot of benefit from it. But I think we just got to be honest about what this is. This this is a much more intense game now that uh, he's that this that's come out. Now, he hasn't made an announcement, but there's enough swirling to where it's causing a distraction. Well, could he have – would it it have changed if he would have came out and just had a press conference say, look, I'm I'm leaving? Because I I think he he has the decision. I know he does. He knows where he's going. Would it have made it better if he would have came out and said, hey, I'm going. I don't think it it would have. And then, too, Santoria, to your point, you were saying uh, from the HBCU report, that maybe they feel that more should have been done for Coach Sanders' assistance. Is that what I was hearing as far as money? Well, that's not a new story. I think every every uh, program in this conference, I know we've talked about it, uh, position coaches getting paid more. Um, the business community, was he saying that they needed to step up to do that? Or does that fall particularly or uh, specifically on the administration at Jackson State? Well, it wasn't Coach Prime that said it. It was a guy, I think his name was Uncle Nick, is uh, one of the guys that's with him okay. all the time. And mm-hmm. so so I want to make sure that that's clarified. It was it was Uncle Nick, I think his name is. It, not, it wasn't Coach Prime that said that. But we all know, though, that when you're looking at how you're going to keep assistant coaches, how you take care of them, all on your success and to be the question of, you know, we were going to able to give Coach Prime this money and this guarantee and all that, but how are we going to keep these assistants? Because as head coaches are successful and get other opportunities, so are assistants. And so once they start leaving, that kind of takes away a little bit from your program because you have to replace those important cogs. Let's say that Coach Prime decided to stay and his defensive coordinator decided to leave. That's a huge piece. If his offensive coordinator decided to leave, maybe a couple of his assistants decided to leave because there were greater opportunities. You know, those are all things that when you're when you're a coach, the more of your assistants that you can keep together, 
you know, you keep that continuity within your program. But again, I just think that there's a lot that's going to swirl around from the timing of this decision. Why Colorado? Because, you know, it, it, was that the landing spot that a lot of people thought that would be his first FBS job? You know, I don't know. But, uh, you know, and all of this is still speculation until an announcement is made. But I can tell you this. The, the surprise that he's leaving with inside of five years is not a, is not a surprise. Yeah. The timing of this, I think, is what's really catching a lot of people by surprise. It's the timing of this. And I think that's why people are more sensitive to this than, than others. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to chime in on it, Carlos, from an administrative perspective. Jackson State is a state school in the state of Mississippi. I work for a state school in the state of Mississippi as well. So I think there's some similarities in terms of how this is going in terms of what more could have been done from the business community, from the boosters, from the administration, probably from the business community a little bit more from the administrative side of it. I don't know if that there could be much more that can be done. There's only so much he can make in terms of state salary compared to the president is a state law that, that, that reflects that. Now yep. in terms of private money, he can make as much money as he wants to make. He can make a million dollars if he wants to, if it's if it's raised by the JSU Private Foundation. He can make that if 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 it's there and if it's approved to do. That can happen. The question is, you know, can that happen? Will it happen? Obviously, probably not. Uh, the stadium issue, you know, that was kind of the discussion at South Florida. You know, the rumors, mm-hmm. according to reports that are out there, that he was going to have a say in terms of this new stadium that's going up in Tampa for South Florida. He was going to be involved in the planning and discussion of that. For 30 years, it's been talked about a new stadium for Jackson State. It hasn't happened. The state has pledged $40 million towards a new stadium. Now, that could be towards a new stadium or renovation of Memorial. We all know kind of the story behind that as well. So I think there's a lot of little things that will probably come out if he leaves in terms of what could have been done to keep him. But I think from a personal perspective for Coach Sanders, I don't know if it's necessarily about the money because he's got a ton of money. But if someone offers you 10 times what you're making currently, you can't turn that down. I think it's more so of his assistance. You know, Carlos, yep. you have been the one that has talked about the assistance. You always talk about taking care of the assistance. And if the reports are true that uh, Colorado is offering more for his assistance pool than South Florida, that's that's a deal breaker because you know Coach Sanders relies a lot on his assistance. You see him on that's camera, right. but his assistants are the ones mm-hmm. doing the heavy lifting. So if he's going to take care, if Colorado's going to put two million more dollars, another mill into the assistance coaches pool, and if that is the if that's the deal breaker, then if Colorado does that and if South Florida doesn't, he's going to Colorado. Now, personally, I thought with his connections in Florida, uh, you know, Florida State and all that, I thought South Florida would be perfect with a new stadium. You got to reset of that program. I think he would be great. But if Colorado's throwing more of that coin at him and his assistance then I think you, you you take that and just deal with the cold weather and suck it up. So, I, you know, it's just I think as far as keeping them at Jackson State, I don't know if JSU, the business community, boosters can. can do a whole lot more. They can't match what South Florida or Colorado's doing. I, I love Jacksonians. They love their program. But there's not a whole lot more, you know, you can you can do. You can't match 350,000 to potentially five to six mil a year, unless you just really want to be there and it's not about the money. But it, but it tells you, and, and I learned this in the radio business, and Sam knows this, in this radio business, and you're in the media business, Carlos, loyalty doesn't mean a thing. 
Lord, it, it's all about business. You know, loyalty doesn't, you know, loyalty doesn't mean much. It's all about the business. And that's kind of what you're looking at right now, play out in front of us, the business aspect of athletics. And when that plays out, it plays out in a nasty way sometimes. And you're kind of seeing that now, especially on the heels of maybe winning their second straight championship and going to a celebration bowl. Yep. And and all of that said, at the end of the day, right, resources, they can't match it. And Coach Sanders wants to fulfill his dream, that is to be a head coach at a Power 5 school. So even if they could offer two, three, four, five, twenty million, if he wants to fulfill his dream, that's what he's going to do. And again, I would thank him for what he's done. We'll see Monday, and then let it go. You know, you, you know, you know how we always talk about our institutions. It's not no one person is bigger than the institution. And I think that still plays out because Graham, Alcorn State and Southern has to be here 200 years from now, 500 years and being viable. They will survive. They will survive. But um, Coach Sanders, wishing the best. We'll see Monday you know, mm-hmm. where, where he goes. And then, hey, you'll be looking before you know it, 2023. Football season. I, I, I'm gonna make a phone call, Carlos, and and you know, Sam mentioned uh, um, so, uh, on social media. There's a particular person on social media that basically made the statement. I think last year that, and I think Sam mentioned it a few a little while ago that mm-hmm. Coach Sanders is good for business. I'm anxious to see what the attitude is now if he leaves. What business is gonna look like? Uh, I want to pick up the phone and, and, and call that person. I'm not going to mention the name. The name's not important. But I've heard this mentioned several times. Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, Coach Sanders is good for business. So as long as he's there, business is good. Well, what happens if he leaves? Is business still going to be good? Jackson State's a better program for it. The media room, the meeting rooms, the, the new turf, uh, practice field, and all the other aesthetics that have changed and improved since he's been there, that's going to stay yes. there. So another coach is going to have that to work with. The program's a lot better off aesthetically. It's a lot better off in terms of wins and losses. And I think it's a lot better off in terms of financially. I think, you know, last year they had three games over 50,000 at Memorial. This year it's two, maybe three again this year. Um, So financially the coffers are a little fuller uh, for Jackson State than it has been. So, you know, whoever the next coach is going to be, if he leaves, whether it's someone internally, you've heard that. Or, you know, I've heard Ray Lewis's name mentioned. I've heard another oh, celebrity coach. Oh, well, I'm just I'm just telling you what I've been told, Carlos. Let's see if <laughs> I, I have a bad, a bad close by. <laughs> you know. Reed, oh, I've heard his goodness. name mentioned. I've heard Ray Lewis. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm But, you know, it's you. funny. You never heard none of that even five years ago. And once again, right. I'm going to be for the people who – Society tells, and us included, well, the, the position coaches, assistant coaches, follow the process, do what you're supposed to do, and then you'll have an opportunity. Opportunity. Let's not forget about that. They've had a lot of young coaches, some that have paid the price. You know, well, no, nothing personal against Reed and Ray <laughs> Lewis. It could be Aeneas Williams, great person. Great person, but where 
where were the where were these people didn't even give them a thought and it's controversial well oh fam you recruited me now we're the only place where you can give somebody a opportunity with not the resume it'll be like me trying to replace Santoria on this gospel show. Well, I do have radio experience, but someone else is trying to come in off, off the street, unless he has a great team around him. But anyway, I'll well, get off my soapbox on that one. Well, now the NFL, you know, the Colts hired Jeff Saturday off the ESPN set. So uh, I think that I think that platform has changed. I, you know, the NFL is a copycat league, just like a lot of leagues. So if Jeff Saturday can walk off the set on ESPN and be a head coach, I mean, right now, the, the jury's still out whether or not he's going to be successful. But for that to happen, trust me, other owners are looking at that. And all, and if, if he's halfway successful, it's going to happen again. So, you know, your team, the, the Saints are struggling right now. You know, my Rams just coming off the Super Bowl. Let, they're struggling. But Let's not talk hey. about the Saints. They're hard. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But you know what? Here's the thing, though. You notice how in, in the NFL, when Jeff Saturday got hired as coach, there was an uproar about that, uh, all these head coaches and things like that. Well, I feel the same way about broadcasters. I don't, you know, I think the Saints were a prime example. I forgot what the guy's name was, but he was hired, and he says, I had a 1,000 hours in the simulator, and now I'm the play-by-play -play guy the for the Saints. The offensive line, yeah. former offensive lineman. Yeah. I, I, you know, to me, that's a disgrace because my thing is, mm -hmm. is that me, Charles, you look at people that all over uh, this country, that have put in hours, not in the simulator, but actually doing this. And you have somebody that, oh, I played in the NFL, so I must be able to be a good broadcaster. No. This just like if you, I'm not a good coach. You know what I'm saying? Well, you didn't play the game. Well, you didn't broadcast it. You know, Magic Johnson proved that you could play the game and all that kind of stuff, and you could be a horrible broadcaster. But, I mean, I think that you also have to look at what does the environment and climate require now? They are looking for what? Exactly what Jackson State did. A huge mm -hmm. shot in the arm. Because guess what? That shot in the arm and that gamble, how does it pay off? Charles made a great point. You got new facilities, new practice facilities, new locker space. Guess what that does now for the next coach? It gives you something that the coach before Coach Brown didn't even have as a marketing tool. And so now... That's the biggest thing is what's what's looking good for right now. You know what basically coaching is? Getting the best person in the transfer portal. That's basically what coaching is at times. And you have to be careful with that. Yep. You really do. You you know, you, you gotta weigh it, you gotta balance it. But let me let me go back. We'll stop right there. Let me go back. I was asked, well, if Coach Sanders is gone now, what about what about the media? I'm old school, been in the game a long time. Santoria, you've been in, 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 in the game a long time. Charles Edmund, you've been in it a long time, of course. Both of you are future Hall of, SWAC Hall of Famers. I really believe that. You should be nominated and you should be put in there. There are going to be some media that are going to leave now because we didn't see that many. And of course, I know, because Coach Sanders came, he's popular. But on the long term, the question is, do you see the ones who've been there the whole time? They're still going to be there. But the question is, a lot of the media that came, 
when Coach Sanders came, will they still be there after he's moved on? What do you think, Charles? Probably not. Um, I, I think, you know, some, a lot of the media, a lot of these bloggers and podcasters have come new on the scene since Coach Sanders took over. Um, and so, you know, you, you're, you're riding those coattails, which I don't have a problem with because, look, we all, most of us do ride coattails at some point in time, uh, especially if it's a good thing. You know, when Jay Hobson was hired, there was a lot of that going on, too. And when Coach Hobson left, a lot of that left. So to answer your question, there are going to be some people that you won't see anymore. Um, you might see them in passing somewhere else, but I, I have a feeling that you know a lot of the people that we saw at Media Day, if Coach Sanders leaves, okay, just think of Swag Football Media Day 2022. If he leaves Swag Football Media Day 2023, you probably won't see half the people, the new people that that you hadn't accustomed to seeing in the previous uh, Swag Football Media Days. For me, for someone like B.J. Jones, you and others, Santoria, we're going to be there. You know, yep. it, it's, 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 it's no problem. But I guarantee you, a lot of the media folk that we've seen are there because of, not in spite of, Coach Sanders. And when he's gone, I think some of those folks you won't see. You'll see him in passing, but will you see him at uh, SWAC Football Media Day? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Will you see him at maybe a handful of them at Jackson State this upcoming season if he leaves to see this transition? But other than that, you probably won't. That's just my opinion as far as the media is concerned because we ride the wave when it's hot, and when it's not, mm -hmm. we jump off of it real quick. So to answer your question, no. I do not expect mm -hmm. to see. I might be wrong but I don't expect to see a whole bunch of the media folk that we saw at SWAC Football Media Day 2022 at Football Media Day 2023 if he's not there. Well, I, I guess I can speak for, uh, maybe I shouldn't, but Black College Sports Network, they've been there on the scene a long time. They'll continue to be there, you know. Unless God takes me from this, this, this physical earth, I plan on being there. And it's enough to go around. It's not to take shots at uh, some of the new media, I've met some of them, and, and, and even saying new media, that's the term they use on social media. But uh, media in general, I think cool. it'll still be, in 2023, a lot to talk about. Um, in football, basketball, some good things are happening. And once again, Dr. McClellan is doing outstanding work. I mean, he, he has this conference position for a transition if need to be. And if it stays the course that it is now, he'll have them in the, in the right perspective, the right place now. If they decide to move up as a conference to the FBS level in all sports, he'll have them in the right position to do that. But it's just interesting. It's interesting. I know we spent a lot of time on talking about Coach uh, uh, Sanders. And, and again, I'll wrap it up by saying um, I wish him the best. If, if Monday comes and he's gone on. He's left the program in a much better place to your guys' point uh, from an athletic standpoint, facility-wise. He just got those things moved up much more quickly because I'm sure it was on the uh, planning stage to get that eventually uh, one day. Um, Santori, if you have to go, I understand if you want to stay on, you're welcome to do so. Uh, B.J. Jones now has joined us, and um, we're going to kind of switch back to the SWAC football championship game. 
And uh, in, in my great wisdom, I asked uh, BJ if he was a coach or a consultant, put together a game plan for Southern University as far as what they need to do to be successful. Because let's just be honest, there's not a chance in hell for some people that says, Southern, no way they can win this football game. Santoria, you've heard it. Charles, you've heard it. Jackson State wants to dominate. They're undefeated. And despite all of the things that are going on from the outside, I think they're still going to be focused. Now, I know you guys are going to disagree. And next week, if it happens that some of that contribute to a loss, I'll come back publicly and say it. But I think in between the lines, Jackson State, they're going to be focused. BJ, what does Southern University have to do? I have an opinion of what to do, but I want to hear from you. Put together a game plan for them to be successful uh, at 3 o'clock, starting at 3 o'clock today. Well, the number one thing, man, is that, man, you have to be uh, innovative. Uh, Deion Sanders came out and said yesterday that much of what he thought that Southern was going to be is what he saw on film. Translation, Southern is predictable. You cannot be predictable in a game like this. Um, and to be honest with you, Carlos, I think that, um, you know, we might need to see some new faces at the quarterback position. Um, that quarterback, that, that position has not been a bright spot for Southern University for the past four weeks. I don't mm-hmm. care what's being said from the head man, but when you have a quarterback that has not thrown for 100 yards over his last four games, that ain't a bright, that's not a bright spot. All right, that and I understand, the talk of, I understand the talk of, hey, I, I want someone that can win the game and not manage it, but I'm sorry. The the, the person who's on the center right now, it, it, it seemed to can't manage the game either. Um, so I, I think that if you're Coach Dooley, man, you got to be not stubborn. All right? You got to be open and innovative. Give you guys the best shot at winning. All right, give you guys the best shot at winning. And then throw some wrinkles out there that I know that Coach Dooley has in his back pocket. Throw some things out there that Jackson State hadn't seen. This Jackson State team, I'm, I'm in Jackson right now. The mood is different. I'm going to be honest with you. The mood is different. Um, you would not believe that we're here for a championship game. It's almost like you got some people who are very upset. Uh, some people are here for a farewell. And it just feels different. It's an odd feeling, Carlos. I can't really explain it to you. So they have to take advantage of that. Southern has to take advantage of that. Every mistake that's made on that other side of the field, Southern has to take advantage take, take advantage of it. And Southern has to get some help offensively because that defense played about as well as you can play the last time these teams met until they got tired. Now, to your point, because some of the Jackson fans thought I was literally nuts for saying Southern's defense played well. They just got tired. They were on the field. They had no help offensively. Uh-huh. And, and, and to your point, you just gave your opinion on it defensively. They could match Jackson State's defense. Although Jackson State defense, number one, outstanding. Dennis Thurman, outstanding. He has the athletes to put together that game plan. It's going to come down, is what you're saying, to offensively for Southern University. Coach Dooley has to put them in a position to be successful. 
I, I would agree yep. with you. I, I, I would agree with yep. you. Special teams have, have been good all season for Southern University. It, it, it quite simply comes down to offensively. Southern University has to play much better. Now, with that being said, guys, I I don't know if Coach Dula will make a change. He may shock me when it come when when, when the game starts. I think McCray starts, but the question is, if he struggles, will he pull McCray? That's the big question. Yeah, I got Charles over there, don't you see Charles? <laughs> yeah, I got three no, keys. I don't see it. I got three keys. Nope. The first thing is, when you know. I think that you you are right on the money. You have got to be innovative on offense. That is going to be your key. That means you got to mix up the quarterbacks. You have to mix up the the formations. You have to do that. When a coach says that you're predictable, that's a problem. That means that he studied you and you have not changed. Stubbornness to change will get you beat every single time. That's the first thing. You got to be innovative. The second thing is you got to get your defense off the field on third down because if you allow mm-hmm. them to beat you at the game, as far especially in the you know, you can stop the run, and, you know, that's great. you got some great running backs there, but they can also pass the ball. you got to make Shador uncomfortable. It's been proven if you put pressure on Shador, he can make mistakes. So you got to put pressure on Shador Sanders. I think here is the third thing. The third thing that you got to do to beat Jackson State University, if you are Southern University, is you cannot make mistakes. They have been prone to make mistakes, false start, all the pre-snap penalties that they've had is what you, that's going to kill you. The false starts, the holdings because you get beat by the defense, uh, the pass interference because the receiver beats you on an out route. If you don't have those pre-snap penalties and those beat you mistakes, I think that Southern, which the, it starts with innovation on offense. And if you do that and you mix things up, I think you'll send Jackson State University to where they're going to have to start adjusting. That's when you start equalizing the playing field. But look, I got to go, guys. It's been great being on All with right. y'all, and I can't look. I can't wait to see the championship game. And Saturday, I'll be watching y'all to see what all happens on this Monday because <laughs> yeah. Monday's going to be the day. <laughs> all right, take care, Santoria. We'll 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 talk again uh, real soon. Look, we can go through well, the stats offensively, defensively, one and two. <laughs> I, I, I can do that, but I'm, I'm kind of getting back into this point. And, and, and BJ, you know this very well. And then even on social media, there are a lot of unhappy offensively. Defensively, Southern has scored points, you know, whether it's pick six, scoop, and a fumble and scoop and score. I think they're going to need that as well. Into, into today's ball game, de- defensively, uh, but but all, all the pressures on the offense that just just cut and dry. It's all on the offense. Absolutely. When you look at the statistics, Carlos, I don't know if they, I don't know if a lot of people know this. Southern University is ranked in the top ten nationally as far as total defense. Yeah, I, I got it right here. Jackson State has just yeah. Jackson State has just been so outstanding that it it makes it feel like it's a huge gap between them and everyone else. But Southern has been playing championship-level defense. You know, the problem is, man, that they got to get help from, from the offensive side of the football, uh, not giving up turnovers, uh, not giving Jackson State short fields, and they're giving their defense some time uh, to rest. And you don't need for Bashawn McCray to go out and be Russell Wilson. He doesn't have to go out and, and, and be, uh, um, you know, the, the kid from Kansas City. But if you can come out and manage the game, 
be efficient in the pass and move the offense where you're being able to rack up one, two, three, four first downs in the drive, that makes a world of difference for that defense as opposed to three and out, three and out, three and out. Yes, and, well, that, and BJ yeah. and Charles, you have you have um, tight ends that I think haven't been utilized a lot. You remember early on when they were having success, the running backs were in the passing um, offense as well. Um, they just got to get back to doing that. And, and, and we go back to that 35-0 game in, in October. It, it was boom or bust. And a lot of times it was bust because they were trying to throw, you know, fly patterns down the field. Jack State defense is, is, is too good for that. You got to take what they can give you, and they don't give up much. But I, I don't know. Offensively, it, 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 it's all on them. Charles? I, I, you know, I think this whole idea of change, and I know, and BJ's played the game. He, he knows the game. He knows a lot more than me. And you know, after, after him saying it, I, I kind of, I kind of think, oh, they're turning the lights. Oh, they're doing the lights right here. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, changing up quarterbacks, just, just try to do, give them a different look. I can see that. But do I see Eric Dooley doing it? No, I do not. I don't see that happening. You know, I, I do see him going with the guy that brought you to the dance. And McCray, despite his struggles, has done that. And I think he'll start. And I think he'll have every snap unless he gets hurt. Um, I think the Braves kind of gave you a little bit of a template a couple weeks ago. You know, they got they got to. They got to Shadour Sanders. They sacked him four times. The Braves worked the edges. You know, those fly patterns down the field. Southern's got to get separation with, with Shiloh Sanders and Travis Hunter and those other guys. They got to get separation. They got to stretch the field. That's what they have to do. The Braves did it a little bit. Difference in that game was just two turnovers. That was a difference in that Alcorn Jackson State game a couple weeks ago. So, you know, I do think Eric Dooley has to be a little bit more innovative. He's going to have to do some things. Those pre-snap penalties, first that up against this aggressive defense is not going to happen. And that's why I say the number one D for me is Dooley. I said it last hour. I say it again. He has to call a very smart game today. If If he tries to panic, and tries to do things that's outside of what he's trying to do, I think Jackson State's going to come after him, and I think it's not going to be good offensively, and that defense is going to be on the field way too much, and therefore it's going to be a problem. BJ? I agree with Charles, man. Um, I think this is the game where um, the mistakes that you've made, you have to show that you've grown as a football team. Um, That means as a coaching staff as well, I don't expect to see October mistakes um, in this December ball game. Um, and and if you're Southern, you can't see those mistakes, or it's going to go bad. It's going to go like like October went. So, uh, you know, the biggest thing is hey, cleaning up the mistakes, uh, taking what Jackson State gives you, and more importantly, man, those that penalties uh, when you have opportunities, make them. You remember Southern had an opportunity to go up six nothing, missed two field goals. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine how momentum would have been in that first game if you make make two, you make one of those. Imagine how momentum would have gone if you you punch one of those in the end zone. You oh, have to take advantage of every opportunity. So yes, yes, you have to take advantage of every opportunity, and and this is the time to do it. I don't care what anyone says. There's no way that these 18 to 24 year old kids, with everything that's transpired transpired in the last 24 hours, there's no way that they locked in. I'm not buying into that speech at all. Oh, Charles, Charles, you're happy. I see you going. I, I mean, it's, I, it's, 
No, no, I, I, yes, but, but, but I think it's not going to be to the point where they come out and lay an egg. I'm talking about Jackson State. Yeah, it's going to be some distraction. I mean, on, on our jobs every day, you have distractions every day. But at the end, you have to be able to focus somewhat because if not, you come out and then that's the first thing as, as far as, and I understand that with Jackson State, but for Southern, they don't have that to worry. I want to see Southern come out and take advantage. Good game plan, execution, and hey, if, if Jackson State mental is not there, oh well. You know, I, I, I'm not responsible for that. You got to still come out and prepare for as far as on Southern. For Jackson State, okay, yeah, they're going to be distracted. But how much are going to be distracted? You guys believe it's going to be so much distraction that they're they're not going to come out and, and perform and want to send Coach, Coach Sanders off with a win? No, but I, I, I do think that, you know, for me in the last two years, I've seen Jackson State get knocked off their spot three times against Southern University in Baton Rouge last year, the Celebration Bowl last year, and this this right here, these last 24 hours. When you're good and you get knocked off your spot a little bit, it's a little bit disconcerting because you haven't been knocked off your spot. And this is huge right here. And and BJ just painted the picture in terms of the scene over there. It, it probably seems like a funeral more so than a celebration. It's probably quiet. It's not as uh, celebratory just because oh, oh. of what is wait, transpired. Wait, wait, and wait, that... Wait, Wait a minute, VJ, VJ, it's a funeral. I, I'm not saying that it's not a distraction, but you you were there. You mean to tell me it is a 360 degree turnaround with the jack with the with the atmosphere in Jackson? I'm a, I'm gonna tell you it feels different, Carlos. I'm gonna tell you that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you that it definitely feels different. Um and I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. I cannot think of a better way. To send Coach Sanders on his way, but what a loss today! That would make my day. Let's send him on his way with a loss. All this talk of this this coronation of crowning Jackson State, whatever they want to be crowned, we have an opportunity to change that today. So I can't think of a better uh, sayonara gift, uh, send off gift than a loss today. I would agree with that. Because I'm being a little facetious there, because if you look at the uh, prognosticators, even on game day, they're, they're in Dallas, a clean sweep. No one, no one is giving Southern University a chance. Now, some of the Southern fans yeah. will say, well, I, I, I know why, you know, but again, that's a, something internal. But now, Southern doesn't I have a I read somewhere, Carlos. I read somewhere, Carlos, I saw a betting line that, that Jackson State is a 20-point favorite to I, win this I game. I saw that. I saw if, that. If, mm-hmm. if, if you put money down 24 hours ago, you are probably sweating in your pants right now because of all the distractions and all that. I don't think it's going to be that. I, I really don't. And as a matter of fact, and I said it the last hour, I feel like Southern has a chance to win this game because of all those other things. You can't discount them. Is it going to get to where Jackson's not going to show up? No. But if the game is close in the fourth quarter, if Southern's defense makes a stand, and if Dooley calls a smart game, and if McRae doesn't make mistakes, mm-hmm. if they're if they're within seven, eight, nine points in the fourth quarter, I do think Southern will have an opportunity to win that game. That's just 
that's that's my feeling based on what's come out in the last 12, I, 18 I, hours. I, I, I would take a one-point victory, but I hope it's not close in the fourth quarter. You know, I guess I have the blue and gold glasses on now. Although I'm a realist, certain things have to change, and we're putting all the pressure on Coach Dooley to call a, a, a good game plan offensively, put McCray in, and, and if McCray struggles, if it was me, goodbye. You know, I, I, I'm going to – I've got to win this game. That's the way <laughs> I look at it. But um, if you look at some of the numbers, Jackson State, total offense number one, 448 yards of offense. Southern University second. Total offense, Southern is second. Russian offense, Southern University, 200 yards uh, a, a game. Uh, Russian TDs, they're second. Russian defense, Southern second, giving up 110. So, you know, statistically, it's close. But it's, it's some of the other things. You mentioned the distraction. Coach Sanders, where, where, where is he leaving? Coach Dooley, will he overcome his stubbornness and make an adjustment? Hopefully he made it before. So on paper, you look at it, 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 it shouldn't be a 35-42 point uh, loss by Southern to win for Jackson State. BJ, a- a- am I just crazy? I'm off the rockers. You can tell me that. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. <laughs> no, I think we, I think we might have uh, I... lost BJ for a second. Um, no, no, you're not but, crazy. I mean, you, you are, you are not crazy. Game. Yeah, I, I think it will be. I think it will be a good game today. I, I really do. I think it's going to be a lot better than people think. I think it's going to be – this is Southern's best opportunity to get over that hump. Carlos, you know, I don't want to look ahead, but, you know, you and I have been to many a celebration bowl. And the last one we went to, you were on the field when Alcorn was practicing, and you said, man, I wish the Jaguars were here. You had your blue on. You had your Southern hat on. This is a heck of an opportunity for Southern to get there, considering everything. Now, is Jackson the better team in terms of the talent and all the four and five stars? Yeah. But these last couple of games, Alabama A&M, remember Shadour was concussed. He came back against Alcorn. He didn't look the same. He didn't look the same at all. I think he was sacked three times against A&M. The Braves got to him four times. And the one thing that Coach Sanders is not did not say this week, at least based on what I've seen, you know, he's talked about domination. He said it in media day. He said it all year. This week, I didn't hear that word domination. You know, he said this week, you know, I if, I, if I get a – Well, you're – okay, well, you heard a couple of times. Yeah, yeah well, a couple of times. Well, I think – a couple of times, well. Continue to dominate, I, I think, yeah. Yeah, he wants to continue to dominate. But we all know in football that's really hard to do as you get more and more down the line. Teams study you. Teams figure you out. And I think Alabama A&M and I think Alcorn kind of opened the door a little bit. And I think if, if Coach Dooley sees that, takes advantage of it. He's got to slow this game down. You know, he's got to slow. And I know Dooley likes to play fast, but he doesn't have the quarterback to do that. And I think he's got to slow this game down and run the football. If he does that, limits Jackson State's possessions, keeps that offense off the field, let their defense rest, create turnovers, create havoc on Shador, I think they'll have a chance to win this game. But if he tries to go fast and razzle-dazzle and flea flickers and all that stuff, we know Dooley can do it because he has the creativity to do it. But I don't know if he's got the quarterback to do that right now. And that's all you can look at is right now because McRae has struggled. There's no question about that. So how do you help your quarterback that's struggling? Do you pull him? 
And I know BJ says, hey, you wouldn't be surprised if you see two or three quarterbacks. I think coaches are stubborn. I think McRae plays the whole game unless he gets hurt or unless they get blown out or unless they blow him out. I I think he's going to play the whole game. But I I, I think what Eric Dooley does and how he calls this game is going to determine whether or not Southern wins this game. Because I think the defense is going to play really well. Southern's defense does. I'm concerned about Eric Dooley and the play calling and that offense. That's my concern. I think BJ's talked about it. You're, you're concerned about it. I'm sure a lot of Southern fans are concerned as well. And, and then if you go back, BJ, to October um, the 29th, um, the, the defense played well to me. At, at, to, to that po- up to, until that point, I think that was the lowest uh, yard production that Jackson State had. And, yep. um, and, and, and if you look at Alabama um, – and them, they did. They did show some things. All corn, um, got after him, had some sacks. But if you look at back October 29th, Southern, I want to say had three or four sacks as well, and and a lot of hurries. Uh, and so, so it, it, it's things that you can do. Again, it goes back. I know we've been repetitive, but it, it, it it's going to come back to the offense and and, and coach coach Dooley. And uh, this is a huge opportunity for Southern University. You talked about it. To go to the Celebration Bowl, you win. John Grant will be there today to give the invite. And if Southern gets there, you're talking about a fan base that's just starving to, to get to the Celebration Bowl. I think you'll have one of the, if not, you'll have the top, top crowd if Southern University makes it. If Jackson State makes it, yeah, you're going to have a good crowd as well. But Southern University is starving for a championship, and they have an opportunity uh, to, to, to do so. Uh, BJ, in, in our number one, we kind of talked about, of course, Coach Sanders and, and potentially where he's going. We talk about that, give your perspective on that as well. Also, um, Coach Sims at Bethune-Cookman, no longer, no longer there. Uh, so now you have an opening at uh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff and Bethune-Cookman. Do you see some of the uh, assistant coaches, position coaches, in the league saying, hey, they may want a shot at uh, leading those programs. And also, and when we get B.J. back, uh, Chennis Barrett at Benedict, they were undefeated until their last game in the playoffs. Do you see him uh, uh, maybe trying to apply maybe for that Bethune-Cookman job? Well, you you go ahead, Charles. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I – you know, for me, and I didn't think about the UAPB opening, I think that's an intriguing job, too. I mean, I think they have a really good fan base, a good facility in Golden Lions Stadium, a really nice stadium, by the way. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. – now, I, I've heard a couple of different rumors. I've heard that it could be a JUCO coach that could be there um, at Pine Bluff. This is kind of what I'm hearing. Um, yeah, I'm just shaking my head to that one. I'm, again, I don't know this to be true, but just my – the scuttlebutt I'm getting on that position. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Coach Dancy at Mississippi Valley. That's another. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard a couple of different factions on that as well. Bethune Cookman, but I, I think in this in this and you know even Jackson State, you know if Coach Sanders leaves, you know is there gonna, Ashley Robinson has to you know has to do his work again in terms of what he's going to do. You know you you talked about Dennis Thurman. You know I don't know if Dennis Thurman will be coming with Coach Sanders if he goes wherever he goes. Um, but I think Dennis Thurman deserves, in my opinion, to probably mm-hmm. be, you know, one of the top candidates for head coach of Jackson State. Because if Shadour goes with 
his daddy to wherever he goes, that offense is going to be you, totally different. And you and know so that's therefore, you, and so you, so you're going to need a defensive guy to help bat down the hatches until you figure out what you're going to do offensively, especially with Coach Sanders leaving and if Shadour leaves as well. So I think Coach Thurman behind the scenes has done an outstanding job defensively. You win championships with defenses, we all know. So we'll we'll see where that goes. I mean, they're just. You know, there, there's there's never a lack of drama now. I mean, there's going to be more so of that than we've ever had with the openings throughout the league and including what could happen at Jackson State. Um, so that that's going to make things, you know, really interesting. The other part about the about Southern Carlos, and I just thought about this, you know, when the SWAC championship game, when we've been in it, we've had two weeks to prepare. Uh-huh. We played Southern uh, and then Southern's had one week to prepare. I wonder, does that play have any factor at all, considering, you know, we, we the first two championship games on campus, you had the Bayou Classic and then the championship game the next week where we had kind of two weeks to get ready. I was going to ask BJ, as a former player, does that play a factor, he, he thinks, into something like this? Well, you, and you can look at it because I, I think it was brought up maybe on the, uh, the call um, with um, – Coach Sanders, and if I'm not mistaken, and somebody will correct me, I'm sure if, if I'm wrong on this, he basically would like to have played. You know, when you have that that off week, yeah, uh, physically it's refreshing, but how about mentally? You know, you still want to keep sharp. And, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe he said he he really any big emphasis on that it's yeah if we could play it, it, it would be better so you can look at that two two ways of course they're having an off week southern played last week in uh in the bayou classic but it, it but it'll be interesting we'll see early on um you guys talked about the distractions will there be some kind of uh a slight rust for not playing for Southern University. I, I think they're kind of healthy, according to Coach Dooley. Coming up to the Bayou Classic, I don't think they had any significant injuries, except for one, Philip Thomas, uh, who uh, the young man that was quartered off the field. I thought some prayers with him. He, uh, he's out of the hospital, and so he, he, he's, he's, he's going to make a recovery. So with that being said, it's just so many intangibles in, 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 in this football game. Uh, but it comes down to whoever wins, they'll play another, you know, in another two weeks. The loser, that's it. They get ready for uh, spring, the spring football season. I, I think, Carlos, for Southern to win this game in part, we've talked about all the other stuff. I think Southern has to get off to a really good start. We've seen a games this year with Jackson – yeah, we've seen games this year where Jackson State has trailed early but has bounced back. And, and, and when they get it going, they're tough train to stop. Southern University has to throw the first couple of punches, not just the first, because Jackson has been knocked, has stumbled a little bit. They've trailed 6 nothing, 7 nothing, 8 nothing, whatever the case. Uh, but Southern's going to have to throw the first punch today and a couple of punches and get Jackson State a little bit more off their spot, I think, if they have a chance of of winning this game because I think offensively it's going to be a it's going to be a struggle I think you know even for McRae you know there's a conversation after the season unless he leads them to the celebration bowl and a win 
whether he's the guy going forward, that's a whole other discussion for another day. Southern's offense has struggled. There's no question about that. Uh, I think Dooley's going to stick with him throughout. I think he's the guy. That's just my opinion on the outside looking in. Uh, but Southern has to throw a couple of punches today. Get 10 nothing, 14 nothing. Play from the front instead of playing from the back. Because when Jackson State gets you, it's hard on that defense. It's hard It's hard to make a run off. And we look at this Jackson State defense, and, and that's the part that excites me the most. Um, they lead the FCS in five statistical categories. They rank in the top 10 and nine total. They're first in scoring defense, only giving up 10 points a game. So when you have an opportunity, I'll go back in October, you twice had opportunities Maximum points you could have gotten was two touchdowns, an extra point, 14 points. Minimum, three points, one field goal out of two. You had the opportunity to get two field goals. You even could have gotten a touchdown and a field goal, 10 points. Total defense, Jackson State, 216 yards a game. Passing defense, 221. These numbers don't lie. Jackson State, defensively, they're outstanding. Offensively is where... Uh, you can perhaps see an opportunity to take advantage, but by no means Shadur is outstanding. Given time, deadly. But then he hurts Southern University because if I remember, the score was 0-0 zero to zero into the second quarter. Then the defensive end lost containment, and he scampers 42 yards for a touchdown with his legs, Charles. And then he got another score right before the half. And, and before then, you're talking about just uh, calling a smart game. Southern had three consecutive pass plays in completion, gave Jackson State enough time to go down the field and score that last touchdown right before the half. Thus, you're up, uh, what, 22 uh, to, to, to zero. So impressive numbers by Jackson State. Uh, defensively. Southern is making his first SWAC championship game appearance since 2019. We know those two games are going at, at Alcorn State. Um, the Jaguars won their final two games against Pine Bluff and Grambling to claim the West title. Offensively, Jaguars are scoring 32 points a game. Charles, 32 points a game is enough to have a winning season. Thus, you're seeing Southern with uh, opportunity to go Eight and four. Last year, they were four and seven in the regular season. Uh, defensively, Southern allows 19 points a game and 288 yards per game, 111 rushing, 177 passing. So defensively, those numbers are, are, are pretty good. We'll go again with offensively. Can Coach Dooley in this offense, you got to have a trigger, a trigger man that consistently puts – the ball where it needs to be. And it just seemed like in, in, in October, the last time they played Jackson State, it was so much pressure. Some of the things they were trying to do, it wasn't effective. And then uh, in the standard game, you go through your first read, your second, your third, and you go through it quickly. And then if it's not there, then you use your athletic ability. Uh, but Sean sometimes reverts back to trying to use his athleticism when a quarterback has to be able to do the, to have the total package. If, if it's nothing there, the pocket breaks down, then you try to uh, use your athleticism.
But with this Jackson State defense, they're pretty good. But then Southern University up front, Cantons Brown, Ken Dumas, Ken Jordan Lewis. I don't know if he's 100%. Uh, Trey Lane, uh, Jalen Campbell, all the linebackers, everybody has to put together a great output as far as, as defensively. Charles, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, uh, we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show. Southern and Jackson State, about a minute or two after 3 p.m. on ESPN2. Southern does lead the series against Jackson State. Um, prior to last year at A.W. Mumford Stadium, and then the first game that they played this year in October, Southern had won eight in a row against Jackson State, including Coach Sanders' first season in the spring. At spring season, Southern won. So can Jackson State make it three in a row? Rivers go back and forth. And that's what you want to see. We'll take a quick timeout. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Welcome back to Earth. Thanks, it was pretty life-changing. Dude, it was eight and a half minutes. I didn't even get to finish my burrito. Technology lets you vacation in space, but to get work done on Earth, you need more than technology. You need CDW. So with the Cisco hybrid work environment, we can deliver the same network experience to all your offices. Space spaghetti. Securely connecting your team from anywhere. Houston, we have a solution. We get it, Greg. You've been to space. Cisco makes hybrid work possible. CDW makes it powerful. From Charles likes that, Charles. <laughs> Charles, you're in uh, Ruston, Louisiana. By the way, Southern basketball team just left there, 74-59 to 59 loss to Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech, um, still a good basketball program. Uh, welcome back to the Coles Brown Show, 1241 Central Standard Time. Uh, thanks a lot, Brian Fulford. He passed along a message off of Twitter, so I'll read it right quick. Mike Hughes via twi Twitter asks, can Coach Dooley go out and get a five-star like Travis Hunter to commit 
to Southern. There's always a possibility, but look, let's not kid ourselves. With Coach Sanders and who he is and his name recognition, that was a great thing, a great accomplishment. He was able to uh, get a five-star uh, player to commit to uh, Jackson State. Uh, Mike Hughes, Coach Dooley, it's a possibility that he could do it, but I'm more interested in getting whoever to your football program, and those players are better from their freshman year to their senior year. You can see that they improved as a football player, got that degree in hand or in a position to get it. And most of our schools previously, they can get two and three stars, um, some four stars. It's a good thing. But getting coached up is also important as well. Uh, Michael Elam sent me a message. My best friend. Hello, Mike. Uh, better known as Truck. Um, he, he sent me a comment about this transfer reporter. And and I follow some um, transfer reporter site on Twitter. And Charles, I'm not shocked, but all corners lost some players. Southern, Alabama A&M has lost some impactful players. Prairie View, an impactful uh, receiver. So uh, when I had Coach Dooley on the show and others, they talked about having that balance. Some coaches go full steam into the transfer portal. Some pick their spots. Some have a mixture of still recruiting high school talent and then hitting the JUCO route. And if you look at Southern's roster, uh, they did both. High school, uh, all three. High school, heavily on the JUCO route. Uh, Campbell, at linebacker, a JUCO player, came in, has played outstanding. He's number 56. You will see him today. So I think you got to have that good balance and, and, and mixture. And we've talked about it before, Charles. A lot of uh, parents are very concerned about, you know, their student athletes getting um, scholarships. And then uh, another example, we had Coach uh, Carlos James, head baseball coach at Arkansas Pine Bluff. He flat out came out and said to win and win quickly, he goes in the transfer portal and, and gets players that are already seasoned. And then, two, you also look at Charles some of the kids in the transfer portal that they've, they're transferring in, but they're redshirt freshmen or redshirt sophomores. So they've had one or two years in the collegiate system. Now they're looking at an opportunity. But by the same token, Charles, you see a lot that are in the transfer portal and a lot of them end up staying there, not finding new homes. Yeah, I mean, I, I put a post out there on Facebook early in the week, uh, the first week after the season, there was like 1,800 players. Uh, this was before the FPS opened up their transfer portal window. And you can just, I mean, just players from Alabama and Clemson, you know, it's just crazy. And so if you can build your roster based on the transfer portal, you get quality talent in this win-now culture, that's what you got to do. I mean, our basketball coach, Landon Bussey, talks about it openly. He, he's in the transfer portal all the time looking at talent. 
And so, but then I also was talking with a um, a high school coach because uh, Vicksburg High, their season ended last Friday, and I was asking the question, what about these high school seniors? A lot of them interested in coming to Alcorn and these other places right around our area. And uh, you know, I know Fred McNair wants to build a program the way we talk about, get a bunch of freshmen, let them grow up together. But it's it's the reality that we're in right now. It's, it, that's harder and harder to do because there's so much good talent out there. So I don't know the answer to all of that, but when you're in a win-now culture, where you got to win right now, you know, the grace period is gone. I mean, we've gone two straight years now without getting where we want to be. you got to get talent in here. We can turn the thing around now. And I think that's kind of where where we are in terms of coaches. They're making a lot more money. There's a lot more pressure that goes with that. So, therefore, you got to get talent. And the transfer portal is a heck of a way to do that. It's just getting the right fit. And I still think uh, that you still have to be careful because – now there's only two periods where athletes can can go in a transfer portal. And then we'll have to look at the data and see how will this affect APR, you know. And, and I know when you, you have to, when you're recruiting uh, someone from the transfer portal, I'm, I'm sure they're looking also at the academic piece, uh, academic record, because I don't think you – you know, you, you're going to take a chance of somebody academically. So once again, I think you got to just, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's when you look at going in a uh, transfer portal. And I, I think it's, you go in the, 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 the piecemeal, get some pieces. Like if you, you know, you need help in an offensive line, you know, you, you go in the transfer portal and you look at that. We often talk about on this show, in recruiting needs versus wants, you know, do you just take a athlete that's a tremendous athlete or do you look at your needs first, wants second? Because I, if, if Charles, if you think about all corn state, uh, coach McNair has kind of stated that he's, he, he, he wants to look at a, some quarterbacks to bring in to, to get that competition. You look at Southern university, you have a quarterback room that I think you have some talent in there as well. Um, you got Noah Bolden who transferred in for Grandma State. And all the conversation I'm hearing is, boy, after getting him in for a whole year in this upcoming spring, look out. So uh, and then you got, you know, a young freshman for Southern University that's, that's red-shirted. So I think it goes back to needs versus wants. You always take care of your needs uh, first, Charles, and um, you're right, the pressure to win now, it, it, it's you know, I mean, it even started before Coach Sanders got in. When when the SWAC added FAMU and Bethune-Cookman, that up uh, uh, the ante, the pressure as well. So, seeing a coach at an institution for five, six, seven years, Charles, I think the percentages will, will tell you, you won't see a coach at an institution uh, that long. And then also I wanted to go back to uh, see Robinson. I think seems to be a guy that's always one step ahead. I'm sure he already has uh, a criteria who he wants, uh, uh, what type of coach he wants. Will they go back the route that they did with Coach Sanders bringing in a uh, a person that has high name recognition? We often say celebrity coach. 
And do you think that's just a trend that we'll see or from a, a long-term stability, is that the route that you're going to see other institutions use when an opening comes, no matter what sport? Me? I'm, I'm going with the guys that need an opportunity that have proven themselves in a program. I'm always going to look out for them. But, I, you know, I understand. I may be in the minority, Charles, on of that way of thinking, I may be in the minority. I, I think, you know, to your second point about Jackson State, if Coach Sanders leaves, I'm sure he's had conversations with his AD, and I'm sure Ashley Robinson has asked, what do you think? What do you think on your staff? Because you want to keep the continuity going. I would not be surprised at all if there's a coach on that staff will be promoted as head coach on that staff that's there right now. And we talked about getting – let me see Taylor and others. We'll see how that goes. Um, in the interim you basis, go. you think? Do you think uh, interim basis? I, if I were to bet, I would say no, because I think those coaches were part of championships under Coach Sanders. So I think they've been groomed, they've been seasoned. Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say there's going to be a coach name, and that's going to be the coach. I don't think there's going to be an interim there. That's just my opinion. I don't have no idea how Ashley Robinson is thinking. But my guess is the next coach is actually say if Coach Sanders leaves, is already on that staff. That's just, that's just my mm. guess. Could uh, be. Far, I, I could see that. I, as far as whether or not you're going to go with these celebrity coaches going forward throughout the league, I think it's a possibility. Um, I think we're in a copy, you know, sports is copycat. The NFL is copycat. The NBA is copycat. The SWAC is copycat in a, in, a, in a sense. So if it worked at Jackson State, why not us? Why not Bethune? Why not UAPD? Why not? Um, because you see that what Coach Sanders was able to do in a two-year time frame to turn Jackson State into a program that wasn't even on the radar into back-to-back division champs, perhaps back-to-back SWAC conference champions. I do see that there's going to be some copycats. There could be. I'm not saying there will, but I think ADs are looking at it. They have to because you're winning fairly quickly. There is no two or three years, and then you get there. You're getting there right now. Now, is Coach Sanders the rule the exception? He's the exception. So I, I, I do think there will be a little bit of a pause, especially since he's leaving after two years. I think people are going to maybe take a little bit of a pause. But if you're trying to win right now, if you have the right coach with the right connections, you can turn it around fairly quickly and that's what ad's and presidents want i think that's what fans want well i, I think maybe you meant to say um put jackson state on the radar uh you know jackson state was on the radar before pre uh sanders and um you know they had some lean years but for the most part i think of coach commager um he had some success wc garden so uh, I, I think they'll be fine. But, you know, it's all about the right, making the, the right decision. And I think, and, and maybe I'm guilty of this too, sometimes we, we spend a, too much time uh, thinking about a, a quick, quick fix when I look at stability and consistency. And, and I'm going to be honest, even with Alabama State and, 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 and Coach Robinson, from my criteria, uh, criteria 
he didn't have any head coaching experience on collegiate level, but his first season, what they finished with a winning record, six and five. So, you know, maybe Dr. Kavillian will do a study in, in the future of how, in looking at the data and the numbers and see how when one hires a coach, that's how, I'm going to use high name recognition instead of celebrity coach. I'll, I'll switch it. How, I mean, how successful uh, has it been? We know Coach Sanders has been successful. So when we see them in the future, those type of hires, will they have the same amount of success? I don't know, but I can give my opinion on it. I don't think it will be as successful. You know, I don't want to say it was lightning in the bottle. But, you know, all in the right timing. Coach Sanders came at a time where Jackson State was on, you know, they wouldn't have as much success. But again, Charles, I'm going to always, and, and, and maybe that time is gone. Somebody that's really sold their oats. They really paid the price to get things done. Just just give them opportunity. That's all. That's all you can ask for an opportunity. And whether you fail or succeed will be based on uh, your abilities, hiring a great staff around you. And I will say this. Coach Sanders has an outstanding staff. And, and I, I'm telling you, Dennis Thurman, to me, he's the MVP of that staff. He really is. Because, you know, you look at it, Charles. Sometimes you got to be like a CEO, even an athletic director, a CEO, but you got to have great people around you. And and the ADs now, to me, has to have a a, 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 a heavy um, business background to be successful. And then the other people around you, they can handle that the day-by-day operations. Presidents and ADs, business-minded, but just just my opinion. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe 20 years from now, we can look back and see how uh, those name recognition um, coaches, how successful are they going to be. Boy, Ed Reed, can I see him at uh, – I think I, his name was mentioned at Bethune-Cookman, but I think Chenis Berry should apply for that, that, that job at, at Bethune-Cookman. Gotta hit your hit, hit your bike back. I, I think you're on. Oh, uh, I, 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 uh, yeah, well, it is. Yeah, I was trying to drown out some of the, the loud music. They're playing the music, but yeah, hey, I, I understand if it works at Jackson State, why not us? Well, I mean, there's a lot that comes with it. We all knew, we all knew there was a lot that was gonna come with Deion Sanders coming to Jackson State. We all knew that. Everybody knew that. It's just can you deal with it? Ashley Robinson dealt with it. He got what he wanted out of it couple of division titles, more revenue coming in. I'm sure enrollment has increased at Jackson State. So I'm sure Dr. Hudson is happy, uh, the president there. So if he leaves, they got what they wanted out of it. And now the question is where you go from here. And people pay attention to those type of things. Now, whether it translates into other schools doing it, I don't know. But clearly, ADs and presidents are paying attention to what's going on at Jackson State and feel like, in a small sense, human nature would say, if they can do it, maybe we can attempt to do something like that. Maybe not at the level of Deion Sanders, but you have players that have come out and have said that they would like to, you know, 
get in the coaching at the HBCU level. The question is, can they afford them? Can they afford all the PR that comes with it, good or bad? Can they deal with it? I don't know. But clearly, I think it's being looked at privately, behind the scenes. Whether or not we see it with these hires, I don't know. Whether it's going to happen at Bethune-Cookman, I don't know. Whether it's going to happen at UAPB, I don't know. But I guarantee you there's a little bit of an itch there to want to look that way. Now, money will dictate it. Whether they can afford to do it or not, I don't know. But clearly, if you don't talk about it, I think you're not doing your due diligence on it. You got to at least talk about it. At least within your own mind, you got to think about it for even if it's for a second, because it's work. Because Jack, look at where Jackson State was, Carlos, prior to Deion Sanders coming. You had Tony Hughes there. Uh, you had Jackson there. It wasn't, it wasn't very good. And so you go from one extreme to the next quickly. I think that's what every AD and president would want, you know, that's looking for a coach right now. A quick, a quick thing to kind of get it off their plates. A quick turnaround, Con- if it's possible. Cons- consistency. Consistency. And then I look at, I have to ask myself a question. Ray Lewis, could he go back to his alma mater and get a head coaching job without without ex, without experience? No, he couldn't. No, he couldn't. He could not. They didn't. They wouldn't hire him. No, sir. They wouldn't hire him. Um, Ed Reed, can he go to a PWI without experience? Because if that was the case, they would have done it already. But guess where they come to get that 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 experience they come to an hbcu to get it done but they couldn't go nowhere else sometimes we cannot be so open that we allow this to happen guess what you can do what you want and i use the example aeneas williams tremendous person tremendous athlete hall of famer he comes to southern university i would be like wait a minute my criteria is you got to have head coach experience. Just like a president of a university, you used to have an argument. God rest his soul. Uh, Dr. Gibson, when um, Colonel Honore, it was like, boy, he could be the president of Southern University. From an academic standpoint, Dr. Gibson said he doesn't have the PhD. So some things you just can't, you can't do it. You, you, you can rewrite the, the bylaws and, and, and allow or hire somebody. But but the question is, Charles, in our closing, why, if they wanted to coach so bad, why they couldn't go to their alma maters and get a head job in the sport when the opportunity was there? Why did it, why why did they not get it? I think that to answer the question because they probably know that it probably wouldn't happen but that's not to say they haven't tried why we not know why not why, why not why would they not get it if, uh, if it was just they, about football knowledge they have that but why why they wouldn't hire why, why because, Miami wouldn't because hire? they don't have the but they don't have the experience and the football minds would say, well, you don't have the experience at this level, so we're not going to go there, even though you're a big time a Hall of Famer, you're not going to go there right now. But when you're a program that's down, downtrodden, you know, 
you you have nowhere else to go but up, you can take that chance. And I'm not saying Jackson State's downtrodden, but Ashley Robinson no, rolled the dice on that one. They're, they're not downtrodden at all. But when you had a program that hadn't won a title in over a decade, you got to a point where you have to gamble and roll the dice at some point. And he felt that way, and he did it, and it paid off. If it didn't pay off, it would be catastrophic, I think, for Jackson State and for Ashley Robinson if, it, if that did not work. But he had faith that it did work, and it did work. You know, regardless, it worked. Now, where you go from here, if Coach Sanders leaves, is going to be the biggest story, I think. Because whether you get another Deion Sanders-esque or whether you go back to the traditional, you know, assistant coach, bring him up the ranks like a like a Dennis Thurman. Or you go the route of, like you talked about, Ed Reed or, or Ray Lewis because of his personality. The Ray Lewis personality and what you see from Ray Lewis, the speeches he gives, the enthusiasm that he gives when, he, when he's talking, people listen. I'm more of a, a, a Ray Lewis guy. Tough, you know, hard nose. If there's a guy that could do it, I think Ray Lewis could do it in time. But it has to be the right program and the right fit. It has to be the right program and the right fit. But if that program, if his alma mater was down, had one in a decade, and you just got to go with it and go for it, why not Ray Lewis? Why not? Will it happen? I don't think so. Not at that level, because Miami's in a little bit better spot. Even though they're not winning, they got a coach that's that I think will turn it around. But at an HBCU, somebody would take a chance on it. I guarantee you. I think Coach Sanders was mentioned. When, remember, Ray Lewis's name was mentioned uh, as an assistant at Jackson State. Remember when all when he first got there, he had Warren Sapp, he had Ed Reed's name come up, he had a bunch of names come up. It never materialized, but. Coach Sanders saw the value in that. Mm. Well, on that note, Southern and Jackson State for the SWAG Championship. About 6 p.m., we'll know who will be going on to the celebration bowl. want to thank uh, Roy for producing today's show, all of our guests, uh, everyone who uh, tuned in, continued the conversation in the chat room. It's going to be very interesting to see Coach Sanders, we'll know. We'll know by Monday, maybe, or Tuesday, or Wednesday. But once again, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. The SWAC will survive. Jackson State will survive. Even Charles Edmond will survive with Coach Sanders if he decides to leave, and it looks like he will. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Make sure you tune in for another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Until next time, as always, peace and God bless. <laughs>